With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to what will be one of the final transfer podcasts here on Anfield Index Pro. I'm Trev Denny. I'm podcasting to hear from my field in beautiful rural Ireland. And I'm joined, of course, by Dave Davis to talk about the activity or lack thereof in the transfer window currently. Dave, how are you, my friend? Yeah, looking at the, the clock ticking by, bit pensive, but not bad, all things considered, mate. Yeah, I'm a little bit the same. I think I may have sort of been expecting, uh, I think an awful lot of us who are probably on the more realistic, the pessimistic side, were expecting something like this. But we saw during the week, very recently, actually, was it Friday night? I think it could have been as recently as Friday night. We're doing this Sunday morning, uh, that there were... Um, quotes released in this new trend of having an embargoed section on the press conference. And of course, you'll be very familiar with those with your work for the channel on your press conference podcast. Um, but they come out a little bit later, a teaser, if you like. Um, and you pointed out to me before the mics went live that we used to be able to see these. Now we don't seem to be able to see these. So people have been, again, as you pointed out, and as I was kind of keen to point out on Twitter last night, people have been picking a line here or there to suit them. Now, I'm not going to lie and say the overall picture here is a good one. I think it requires discussion. But I do want to give everyone their chance to um, be smug and be certain and say, well, this is what he actually said by reading out what Klopp actually said. Before I do so, Dave, just to get your take on this, it is important, isn't it, for us to give a little bit of context so that we don't just go off on one on one line and have people think we haven't read the rest. Yeah, context is everything in this regard, Trevor. Context is everything and all opinions are valid because with anything that Jurgen Klopp says, you can take it one way, you can take it another. We know we blatantly bareface lies for obvious reasons at times as well in press conferences, but the context is absolutely everything so with that in mind we're going to read this section in full and then we can take it from there we're going to have a little bit of a chat about our reactions to that obviously we've got to talk about Mo Salah and other Reds related issues and then we'll go as ever around the league and Europe wide but just to begin with these comments which like we say have drawn so much attention and speculation and people 
confirming um, their bias one way or the other off the back of them. Let's hear them. Quote, we have our situation, said the Reds boss. There was one year when money was less of an issue because Phil Scutinho went to Barcelona and we could do two sensational transfers. But we always spend over the years when we have to improve. From the team, when I arrived here eight years ago, there's only Joe Gomez left. There's been a lot of business and we've had to do it our way. Since I've been here, we've had to, implied, live within our means. The club has had to. And of course, that doesn't make it easier. The problem is not our situation. It's just in comparison to the other main teams. We have to be on point. That's pretty much the thing. There is not a lot of space for failure. We cannot put sticks around the area and hope that nobody will run through. That's how it is. I have no problem with that. We do really well. And as long as it's by the rules, I have no problem. He's referring there to the spending of other clubs. He added, other teams will do their things. In the end, it's the circumstances. They might be different, but it's all about what you make of it. That's where we try to make a difference in a positive direction. But we will see. I want to improve the squad. I absolutely do. But I have all the information around and I know what is possible and not possible. And it's not always exactly what I want. But it's not my job to complain. It's my job to take the team we have at the end of the transfer window and make the best of it. And not sitting here thinking, he grumbles to himself, oh, they have this and they have that. That's how I understand it. Now, there's a lot there, Dave, because the most striking thing for me about it is he's throwing a lot on the table and some of it could be interpreted in a contradictory way. He seems to be saying the right things, but some people will have leveled at Kloppo that uh, for right or wrong, some people have leveled at him that he's a bit of a company man, that he will always back the owners and the owner's policy. There can occasionally be something that you might imply from what he says, which could be interpreted as a moan, but he just said, I don't complain. I just get on with it. So I'm curious about what you make of all this. The one that really drew most of the attention, I think, was the one where he said uh, that he has all the information and he knows what's possible and what's not possible. Um, that was one of the ones that really sort of got people uh, chitting, chatting about the, 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 the implication of what that might be. And also the kind of resigned tone of, look, I just get on with coaching the team. I remember another Liverpool manager said that once, but he was definitely pissed off with the owners at the time. Um, let's hear your take on this. Is it a storm in a teacup or is there something that we can definitely interpret from it? A bit of both, to be honest. I, I understand why feelings are running high because there is literally a week left of the transfer window, Trev, and everyone's thinking... Like, we've been here historically before, you know, in 2020 when he left ourselves short on defenders, last year when we left ourselves short on midfielders. Now, we might be going for the the double, might we, potentially, if no one comes in realistically, let's be honest. So I, I get that backdrop of sort of annoyance, the history, all that type of thing, fully understand it. In, in regards to his comments, I... The company man bit, I, I do understand the, the way he's talked before, but he's always been quite honest. You know, I'm, no point. I'm never going to rant or roan. He's not going to be Tony Conte type of thing, is he? That That's not the way he is. And also the not what I want. He, he has mentioned that before, Trev. Let's be honest, he said in press conferences, he said one last season, I'd like us to take a, a few more risks. That, you know, he has mentioned that. But I get that's the line that everyone has latched on to. What I'm also, for me, that is keen to say is, He's been here a long time. He knows how it works. He signed a new contract on the basis of how it works. His power at Liverpool is at an all-time high as well. So let's not kind of isolate FSG and, and Klopp in this regard. They go in the mix together. He knows the circumstance. It's not like you've you signed up to something and been hoodwinked on the T's and C's. He, he knows what he's in. So the two big things that stand out for me, long story short, are number one, he knows what's possible. Okay, do something then. It doesn't have to be perfect. We're not asking for the world's best, are we? We just want another defender and midfielder. And we would actually say, I think most fans, if they're of a decent level, and I'm just pulling two names here for anyone who latches on to this, but say it was someone like 
a Touram and, I don't know, an Incape or however it's pronounced it, at Leverkusen. We'd all be cock-a-hoot with that. They wouldn't break the bank beyond belief. But, it, you know, it would make such a difference. Even one, I don't want to go like a begging ball with a midfielder, but a competent one and multifunctional, the ones they want, make a huge difference. And ultimately, Trev, because with FSG, Klopp, everything seems to come down to dollars and cents at the end of the day. There is sod all excuse. All this nonsense about Kaiser, Kaiser was a PR stunt. People probably need to understand what the definition of a PR stunt is to start with, but... You know, Liverpool made the bid, Brighton accepted it, both clubs have confirmed it, Oldstein, you know. So there's money there. There's a minimum for me of 111 million, no excuses. And I mean that, no excuses. Because yes, a bit of Endo's gone, but there should be 90 or so there, whatever it is, left. Now, Liverpool are entrenched on this. We have values on people. And unless the manager pushes beyond belief, which he can't do every single time, we stick to these values and we move on. The market has changed. It is what it is now, Trev. We know the fees. We know the prices. It, there's no excuses for either party. And to be honest, I'll steal one of Neil Jones's lines from, from Media Matters that he did. If no one else comes in, it's a dereliction of duty. Simple as that. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch? and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, how weird and depressing is it that we're here again with that general take? I've... I've, I've been doing the shows with Anfield Index Pro for about seven seasons. And it's just really grim that three of those have been having that sort of a, a, a conclusion heading into the season. That this seems a little bit negligent, or as you said, dereliction of duty. And I don't know, I don't, I don't see any reason for it. I don't see why that has to be the case, especially given the context of the bid, therefore, the money that probably should exist in theory. Um, j- just before we we move on with the show, I guess oh, actually maybe the elephant in the room is something that he said in the open section of the press conference, which really got people um, sort of uh, struggling to understand where. Well, not to understand, but struggling to be optimistic. The quote, and I'll, I'll, I'll read it here, is now we need to be lucky with injuries, no doubt about it. And I was told, <laughs> some internet genius, uh, surely you should read it in context, lol. So I did and went and read it in context, and it doesn't make any difference to that sentence. That sentence still sticks out like a sore thumb. We need to be lucky with injuries. Dave. <laughs> That's that's like a red rag to a bull. That is just everyone, even the most optimistic, will hear that and go, oh, do we need to be lucky? Could we not just be prepared? And that was a general take I had from most people or saw from most people on it. It was certainly mine. And it has kind of that was the moment where I got a bit black pilled on all of this. It's kind of that's from that moment on. I'm a little bit I don't see any potential for anything out. When the journal started briefing about a specialist and not going for a specialist and then to add in talks about, you know, we are where we are and injuries and blah, blah, blah. And I don't look fucking hell, Dave. I, no one wants to hear that, man. Not not at this stage. Nah, I don't. I, I really you don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's, it's, it's it, like you said, you probably phrased it well. Red, red rag to a ball. You knew how it, it was going to go down. We've also, I mean, we, we've said all summer that 
there's four, you know, we, we've talked about this, nothing new. There's four senior centre-halves in there. At least two, probably three, have got questionable injury records. And lo and behold, Canate is set to be out, isn't it, for a muscle injury for today. I mean, it's the second game in he's suffering a muscle injury, Trev. The second game in. And I mean, even Kloppo's further comments on it, that when he was asked about it, it goes, it didn't help that we played half an hour with 10 men. It's the second game of the season, Jürgen. Do you know what I mean? We're like... If you can't play 90 minutes in the second game of the season with 10 men, when are you going to be playing it? You know, 40 games in? Because they're going to be exhausted, that type of thing. So, yeah, it's lucky is not what you want to hear. And I also understand people did not want to hear, in essence, that, and this isn't this player's fault as I'm saying it, but he named Jack Jarrell Kwanzaa, didn't he, in, in that same line, who is a really talented, and I mean this, really talented kid, but... To ask him that, or to even make that suggestion and name check it to people like, oh my God, are we actually considering this kid a serious option for this season? And maybe, I want to caveat this with Europa, yes, I could have seen that, absolutely, the Cups, that type of thing. But the fact that it could still be an option, the fact that Nat Phillips is still at the club as well, it just speaks volumes to everything that we've said, everything the patch journos have said, but... As I, I was quite stirred on this, I think Jürgen believes his defensive options are a lot better than the rest of us. I strongly believe that. I said that multiple times. I'm not just saying it now, as you know, Trev. On many podcasts, he genuinely believes there's real quality. And I've seen people say, oh, but look at historically, it's like Joe Gomez is not the player he was from 1819. Joel Matic's been sieged by injury. We know how bad he was at times last season. These are not the same players. The injury records are abhorrent for some of them, as we know. So, yeah, red rag to a ball. Basically, you just poured a vault of acid into the pit, didn't you, Trev? It, it's, yeah, a difficult one. Yeah, I mean, and listen, um, I, I, I think I can safely speak for Dave here, not in any way uh, um, uh, being presumptuous, but if you listen to this and you think we're a given out and negative you really should go and check out some of the actual stuff online we're just trying to talk about the reality of the situation in a way that isn't uh, kind of oh, just support the team and enjoy your day out and have a lollipop kind of uh, tone uh, people want to do that i think that's brilliant you go and do that if that's for you it's just not for me um i will enjoy it once it starts but once the window's open and there are still things that should be done that aren't being done I think it's fair game to talk about them and that's what we're going to do. And that's what we always try to do on these shows. Um, but the idea that you're somehow not a great fan because you're talking about things like this, um, I think that's uh, kind of mindless. Uh, personally, uh, Mo Salah uh, stories, Dave, <laughs> if people were on the edge, they got a lot edgier when these stories started breaking. And I think the initial thing when we saw them, um, was to sort of dismiss it out of hand, as in, well, the staff, the timing's ridiculous. Um, why, why wasn't there talk about this before? Uh, and um, we couldn't possibly, and that's just someone looking for clicks. However, Al Itihad do seem to have genuine interest. And when you see it being reported by uh, young Ornstein, then, you know, we're supposed to think that that means it has added heft to it in terms of the truth behind it. It develops further. There are whisperings. It won't go away. Now, whether or not anything dramatic could happen, and we know they're not just restricted to the few days that we have left in this window because their one window closes, as we said last week, a couple of weeks later. So this could rumble for a while. So I'm anxious to hear what your take on the reality behind it is and is there any likelihood that it might happen in your opinion honestly no and people could could be caught down to, to hope or do i know something i don't know but it's just too late in the window trev i mean the people have latched onto things haven't they and for me it's quite clear like you say Ornstein reported it very similar style as people have compared the articles to the way you talked about Fabinho and how that happened. And I have absolutely 
zero doubt that through intermediate intermediaries to Rami, whoever directs, that Al Ittihad, Saudi have made like real overtures. They've promised them the earth because money's no object for them. We we know that type of thing. So I have no doubt about that. However, as Jurgen Klopp said, officially there's no formal bid on the table. There's nothing to consider. However, he's not for sale. Now, if we were having this discussion two months ago, it probably goes a different way for me. I've got to be honest on, on that, Trev. You know what I'm saying? It's probably going to you know move towards happening. But Jurgen Klopp said he's not for sale. It's just too late they've come in the window for me. And it doesn't help, like you said, that this Saudi window can go on to 20th of September. But at least when I was shut and he's still here, there's the element of, well, you know, it's, it's, come on, no, no one to get in, so it's not going to happen, is it, type of thing, no matter how much he could want it behind the scenes, there's no one will really know, despite all the speculation and thoughts. I mean, oh, you see this nonsense, isn't it, that as soon as we finish the game against Newcastle, he's getting on a plane and heading to Dubai to do his medical. You see all those stories breaking out and people falling for it, like, people... Who are we playing today? Who are they owned by? Who would it suit to destabilise Liverpool and Mo Salah, you know, somewhat? That That's a flavour and element to it as well. But long story short, and God bless Dayan Lovin, the best thing he ever did was put in the Pinocchio gif on, wasn't it, type of thing. That like may be the best thing he's done is a Liverpool career in one way. But <laughs> it's just, it's too late in the day, Trev. He's too professional. He's not happening. I, I I can't see any other way, but this is so such a mad. This has been such a mad um, factor that has uh, entered our, our normal transfer world. Um, this whole Saudi angle that that and the fact that you know that the money is there for them to go to their bottomless uh, money well and say here, well look at what we can give you. Um, that does make it real in a way that um, was only possible for maybe one or two clubs around Europe before. And now it seems there's a whole new um, group of them that can, that can do that and offer that. And um, I'm like, I'm, I'm with you on it. Um, I, I don't have any negative worries that even if Mo had been considering it and wanted to go or whatever, you know, we may never know that, that, that he won't pitch up and do mole things for the rest of the season because as you said he's just too professional to do anything other than that um, and I, I, I don't doubt that we will get the best of him um, I also don't doubt that it will not happen because if we're struggling this much to get a couple of things done that really need doing imagine adding the extra complication of replacing Mo Salah whether it be with one or two or three players um, again not going to happen but I think, again, I'd agree with you. If this had been firmed up a little bit earlier, and you wonder why it wasn't, don't you, Dave? And uh, Then you, you, I think there might have been a chance it would have been entertained. Klopp himself, in that statement that we read at the start of the show, Dave, said things about there was one you know, magical summer where we could do mad, a couple of mad transfers because of the Coutinho money. Fans who've said that have been dismissed out of hand, but there's the manager saying it. And, you know that's probably realistically some of us were thinking going to be the way that we may ha- uh, be able to do the, the inverted commas rebuild. Uh, it would cost, I remember saying this going into the summer, it might have to be at the cost of a superstar like Mo. Um, so look, it's one to watch and God knows you wouldn't bet against it next summer. Um, the stories of incomings uh, potential incomings have sort of faded somewhat in the last few days. The clock quotes definitely don't help. I've just been watching Czech de Cure, um for Palace a few minutes ago before we started recording here because I was up early. I was just looking uh, through some of the highlights in Sky. His name seems to have gone completely. There are some left, though, and there does seem to be some kind of hope um, and I'd like you to outline the, those names and remind people of what those stories are, um, just for the sake of those who are still clinging to the belief that something will happen. I mean, I have hope, belief I don't. Uh, what do we, what are we hearing about people still potentially being future Reds? 
Yeah, and I, and I get this. Even as I'm saying it, people will be you know shouting, and you, people might have abandoned all ye hope who go here. I, I get that, but you know we'll we'll have to see, won't we, with the week left? So what are we hearing that from? A, and it's the normal sort of sources, the the patch journals with a sprinkling of German reports as well. So the names from the German side, the old favourite, that almost won't disappear. Ryan Gravenberch and Manu Kone at Mönchengladbach. So Christian Falk had said over with Kone that, you know, Mönchengladbach are expecting a bid in that regard. I think if that is one they want to do late, there's always the element that Big York Suns, the sporting director there, it shouldn't be too hard, but who knows with Liverpool, but I don't really see that one. Gravenberch is the fascinating one, isn't it? There's, I think that there's a real context to Gravenberch that a few of the patch journals have given, and the Bundesliga sources as well. It's really important to say this, that Klopp and Linders adore Gravenberch. Everyone's pretty, you know, consistent on that. We've tried to get him before. They love the player. Bayern are sure, this is the problem with Bayern being a split club. Bayern are short in midfield, Trev, and the board, the senior figures there, like the kid and think, you know, we should be given chances based on, you know, how they want to go in various competitions. Tom, Tommy Tuchel, our mate, does not like the player. Quite happily would ship him out. He's been public and saying, I've not got a six, I need a six. That's my priority. He would sacrifice him like a pack of smokes in the jail in a heartbeat for the right, you know, fee type of thing. That's quite clear. And so we've asked around about this, as we normally do, harass people. And one thing we got from, and I'm going to be honest on this, probably the, the best Bundesliga source we can possibly possibly get without naming them, that said that there was a meeting with Tuchel and the Bayern board where Tommy Tuchel was reminded of how things work at Bayern, i.e. the coach coaches the team and the you know the board, the sporting director, they sign and pick the players in that regard type of thing. So maybe that might be that, that Gravenberch is dead in the water for now, but until that window closes... You know, I, I do honestly believe, I said it the other week, that Klopp and Linders would happily be Gravenberch and no one else. They do a lot for that personally. That That's just honest belief, though. The other names that the Patch Journals have said, I mean, they've mentioned that, that Andre, but that looks dead now until January, where a suggestion we won't go back. There's also the names that, I'm probably pronouncing this wrong, Incape at Leverkusen that we have an interest. Teat, David Lynch mentioned, you know, both of those in, in the articles as well in that regard. So, there's still names and it is the the last week it's just again it's links and people can scream it oh it's easy clickbait and i understand that trev i understand that a hundred percent completely it does feel that there is some hope there but it's fading fast in in a little way and it may be it will be interesting to see that after this newcastle game is out the way do they ask Jurgen Klopp about transfers? What does he say type of thing, you know, after that game's gone? Because there's a week left until Villa, but I can understand those whose hope is fading. <laughs> yeah, that's a nervous giggle for me there because uh, I'm, I'm very much in the same boat there in terms of my take on it. Um, let's let's hope that there is a, 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 a last magical hurrah for this show in terms of Red's chat um, um, because that would be wonderful if we have another one we'll have a we'll have a wrap up regardless obviously for the Premier League uh, with the with the transfers but it would be great if there was some moving and shaking done by our lot at the end uh, a kind of shot in the arm I think as much as anything else now um if we look at other people, they're definitely doing bits. City are doing bits. United are doing bits. But we'll start with Chelsea and we'll start with our pal, um, Todd, who was never going to slow down, was he? Um, but it, I guess the pace has somewhat, somewhat lessened. Still doing bits though. Uh, almost as interesting for the outgoings as the incomings. What, what are we seeing at Chelsea this week? This is almost the last few weeks of Ibiza, isn't it, for Sweeney Todd, like party season Trev. So, you know, he's probably, there's a little bit of him sad, but he's still making moves and shakes, as it were. So we know they've got the, the keeper Petrovic in from MLS, so New England. So just weird to think they've spent that much money and their two keepers are Robert Sanchez, who was Brighton's third choice at one stage last season, and an MLS keeper. But there you go. The Lewis Hall one was interesting because we said... 
the, like he completed it pretty much on the verge. He's moved to Newcastle. Now, the reporting was different because Chelsea reported it as an option to buy when the loan's done. Newcastle reported it as an obligation. So there is still a little bit of uncertainty there as to, as to what's happening realistically, well, which one it is. I suppose we might have to wait a year to find out. Who knows? But interesting, the dispute there. Washington, David Washington, they, they've got in. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on loan at Strasbourg or you maybe never hear of him. Who knows? But he's in. The, the interesting one, again, we all thought that... Lukaku had Saudi nailed on, but as reports from Romano and a few others, Roma have come to the table for him. Good old Jose in that option, talking about uh, a loan. And the reports have been from the, the UK Chelsea links that Chelsea are open to a temporary exit now for Lukaku. I mean, he's not even training with the main group, is he? Is there? As Pochettino said, so, so that regard, fascinating. Forrest have always got a link now to Chelsea, so a uh, Interesting one that Andre Santos has gone on loan to there. So he's gone on a season-long loan, having just come in. Callum Hudson-Odoi as well. I mean, he was heralded for for big things, wasn't he, a few years ago, Trev. But now it seems pretty much that Forrest are in talk. So there's an expectation, but you never know, because he's had about 5,000 transfers collapse in that regard. And... Pochettino, probably the biggest one to say. I mean, I don't know if you saw the press conference after Luton. It was fascinating. He, oh. was, caught, he was caught on the hop by journos about what you think about these players, what are you going to do with them? And Trev, he didn't even know who two of them were. He had no idea who Malang Sarr or this other kid were. Like, he's like, who? Type of thing. Like, how bad does that look in one way for, you know, the run of a club where the manager doesn't even know who a player is? The only thing I can compare it to, which made me giggle, was when Ancelotti was in and he was asked about what's happening with Luke Garber at Everton. And he was like, who? Type of thing. So it just shows like the running of that club, like 60,000 players. The manager doesn't even know fully probably who he's got on his books. I mean, even the talk now that Lavia, having gone there, might not get in the squad for many an occasion. It just seems like a shambles in one way. But God bless Sweeney Todd, eh? We hate the club, but we love his transfer dealings. The show goes on. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a Tad Predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a Tad Predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Sometimes, and you know this, I'm just going to be honest, sometimes I would give anything for that kind of shambolic reality at LFC um, because that was the starkest thing um, the combination of those those two things that you, you you mentioned really first was seeing Lavia in the stand for the game. You're going right, okay. So they've got that many players; they can afford to buy this really overpriced kid, and just he's not part of the squad. Okay, uh, and then the Malang Sar, and yeah, I forget the other kid as well that was mentioned. I I didn't know his name, um, but then I'm not the manager of the club, <laughs> and. Uh, it spoke to the embarrassment of riches that they have, I guess, more than anything else. Um, and whereas, of course, the way they go about their business, uh, we've had personal experience of it with um, the uh, the Farago with trying to get the the, the midfielder that we wanted. Um, but there is something. It must be madly exciting to be having all these uh, top end players arriving at your club all the time and being able to move out people that have the, 
potential and skill level of someone like Lewis Hall. It's it's mad. It's a mad situation. Now, they make Manchester City look sort of conservative and staid by comparison. We all know that that's not the case. And we all know that if you look at the overall spend since Big Pep has been there, it's kind of uh, nauseating uh, for the rest of us to have to get our heads around. But there's another big move for City. It's a big move by anyone's standards. It's north of 50 million. What do we know about this one? Yeah, like you said, it almost seems conservative and it's going under the radar, but City are making solid moves. So this one, yeah, Doku's in, isn't he? Jeremy Doku, to, to almost a Mares replacement from Rennes. So the suggestion, the fears around the, the 55, 56 million mark based on currency conversion, that type of thing. So a young attacker's in. And this one, Trev, kind of came from nowhere this week, didn't it? Matthias Nunes that they've dropped a bid on the table for him, the Wolves midfielder. And listen, we know the financial mess Wolves are in. We've talked about that before. So this player can't believe his luck. I mean, we were linked with him solidly, weren't we, at the start of the window? Had to stay at Wolves, all their financial problems. And then City come out the woodwork for him. And they've had one bid rejected. Like, the Wolves are saying it's going to take 60 type of thing to get him. And at the end of the day, it's up to whether City wants him because they can't play pauper for one single second can they type of thing. But yes, I wouldn't be surprised. I expect him to join realistically. And then after all the umming and ahhing, all the looks, all the begs from a pissed up Jack Grealish on the coach, it looks like Bernardo Silva is set to renew on a mega money deal. So I think there was a, it kind of has got ignored a bit and I understand why, but after they did what they did last summer, I think a lot of people thought, well, that's it now. Players will be like, let's go and play somewhere, you know, that, that has a real atmosphere, that type of thing. You know, what what more can I win here? But a lot of them have stayed, haven't they? Realistically, Trev, in all honesty, the ones they wanted, Walker's staying, De Bruyne is still here. Or, you know, pretty much most of the names they, they wanted to stay and Bernardo is set to re- renew. So it sounds fascinating, doesn't it, that City's business, which is probably expected by the end of the the window in the last few weeks to go over, a, you know, 110, 150 million or whatever has gone quietly under the radar. But it is what it is, so to speak. It's it's remarkable that it can go under the radar. A 56 million move for Doku. And I wonder how many games he's going to get. Um, you're looking at now the, 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 the story you mentioned about the links with Nunes, which appears to be real. And again, that's an environment of 60 million. Um, if it happens. And I assume that that's just a sort of a a squad move because of De Bruyne being out for a while. I, I, I imagine that's all that is. And that's 60 million that they can throw at that. And again, we're trying here to build up a picture of the different level of reality that some clubs are operating on. And I know my best mate as a City fan is going to be so thrilled that Bernardo's going nowhere because he is his favourite player. And I can see why. Um, personally, I think he's a terrible set of lads, but by God, he's a very good Premier League footballer. And um, that's, I, I thought it was great news when he was being linked with an exit um, because he is so effective for them. Yeah, so that's uh, <laughs> that city strengthening further. Tell me that in United, uh, we have a section which will continue to entertain us because we're not getting entertained in the park with uh, diving being rewarded for United every freaking week like it was again yesterday. Um, what's happened with them in terms of personnel? Any any incomings or outgoings at United? I think the first thing to confirm is based on what you said that the the best coming of the window for United was Howard Webb. Clearly, the strongest. <laughs> Board. But aside from that, actual people that, that play for them, it, it's just mad what they've done, isn't it? And now now the backdrop is they've spent all their money pretty much. So, you know, under FFP, that type of thing. So they're trying to make smart deals. So keeper in, keeper out seems the, the first one, Trev. So I'm probably saying this wrong, but I'm pronouncing it wrong. Bayender for a, about five, six million. And Dean Henderson is expected to complete his move to Palace. He's actually having a medical pretty much at Palace, we've been told. So, you know, he'll fetch around the 20 million mark. So that's a bit of cash raised in that regard. The thing that makes me laugh, though, which feels like football manager 2018, Trev, 
Johnny Evans. They, as we mentioned it before, and we thought, nah, it won't happen. There are serious talks to do a season deal for 56-year-old Johnny Evans. And this one as well, the other rumour that came out the blue, but, as, as you know, a few have sort of mentioned it. Even looking with Luke Shaw's injury, a short-term deal for free agent Ryan Bertrand. I'd forgot he was still a footballer, Trev, when I heard his name, in all honesty. I was like, dear God, they are actually looking at Football Manager 2018. And then to top it further, because we've got to get to the cherry on the cake yet, even, we'll go for the icing first of all. Romano released it. They're looking at short-term options with Luke Shaw's injury. Kukurea being explored for Chelsea. I mean, how bad has he been since he went there type of thing? Like, utterly awful. So, you know, nothing would be more United at the moment to, to get him in. And then... As Romano was saying, Amrabat, the one they want, an absolute yard dog of a player. But trading separately from Fiorentina, there is an expectation that United do raise these funds, come back with some sort of deal. But again, is he good enough? I mean, United fans must be pulling their hair out in one way, which is hilarious because you look at the amount they've spent over 200 million and Mount Onana. I mean, how bad has he been since the start of the season? You know, Hodland, this young kid who doesn't seem able to play two games a week, we're now told, you know, when they need strikers and everything like they're just buying all the wrong players, as it were, for what they need. Casemiro looks like he's, you know, the new Fabinho from last season, as it were, as his legs fade away type of thing. And God bless him, Trev. What are they doing as per yesterday? Get the Moody Norwich scarves out. Sit down. We will not move. It's. You know, it's the only thing that's kind of making us smile from a transfer perspective at the moment, but it's fun to watch, eh? Oh, absolutely. The best crack is watching that lot squirm. I will bow to nobody on it. Um, Outside of our own club, the best crack is watching that lot and Everton have issues. Um, And, uh, I, you know, that's schadenfreude is great. Um, Speaking of, Arsenal had um, a little set back a two-all draw yesterday. Uh, are they going to do anything to sort of strengthen or are they going to lose anybody before the window closes? Yeah, Arteta's mentioned it in a few, they are still looking. And having been linked with a load of clubs, the, there is strong suggestions that, that Monaco pretty much agreed the deal for Balogun, the, the forward. There was even a few suggestions he was there for his medical. I didn't see if anyone's confirmed that. On the other side as well, Kieran Tierney did land in Sociedad the other day. So, you know, there's expectation that gets done as well. Now, with those two out, and Tierney does look like a, a loan, apparently, a, a temporary option, that, and Arteta mentioning it, they spent a load already, but with the timber injury, I would fully expect someone to come in. And you, you just never know what position it's going to be because they pick strange players, don't they? Like Havertz, who's having a nightmare since he went there type of thing. But I would be... Zero percent surprised if Arteta makes a late move for someone. Who that is, not a clue. Yeah, I, I think that's definitely one to watch because it just does seem like they need to address something there, and that Timber thing is unfortunate. How, how long term is that uh, situation with Timber? I never really got any details on the fact that he was injured, except that he was. Do we know what kind of thing it is? Even the, this, yeah. It, it, it's a bad one, Trev. It's a really, really bad one. The the expectation or the, the key line that everyone should have picked up on was a few journalists reported with the Arsenal connections. If he plays again this season, it's a bonus. I think oh. that's the key line. Oh, the poor bastard. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah, so it would be zero surprise to see him go and do something there then on the back of that because he was obviously someone they were figuring on being a central character. Um, Nottingham Forest yesterday... Uh, mentioned earlier on how United managed to uh, (laughs) cheat their way past them to a 3-2 but you know I think there might be some signs of some optimism for Forrest there have they any irons in any fires? Yeah, having signed like 86,000 players last season it's almost been a bit quiet but it's not really been for lack of trying and now there's very much a samba feel at the the city ground, as it were, Trev. So we know when Dombele had turned them down even, they tried to get him. They'd move for Fafana, but that's fallen to nothing. So we know they've got Andre Santos on loan from Chelsea for the season-long deal. 
And also, oh, I won't pretend I know much about him, but um, a young Brazilian centre-half named Mario is said to, to join any any second that's a suspicion. And that's on top of the name we mentioned the other day, Montiel, the Argentinian right-back. So very much, the, like I say, a South American field. Now, the interesting thing that a lot of people have commented on with these deals is they already have a few Brazilians there, Danilo in the middle. So Danilo and Andre Santos, a lot of people suspect that's going to be Brazil's sort of Olympic team, as it were, you know, and, and uh, the way they're going to go in the future, combined with Mario coming in as well. And they were even looking at, but didn't seem to get anywhere with Marcus Leonardo, one of the young forwards at the moment. So a lot of the South American experts that we've spoken to are quite excited about what's happening in a way at, at Forest in that regard. So there is a real Samba feel, but they are going to be active as they can right up to the deadline. Excellent, which is all uh, good news for content for us. We'll wrap up by sort of doing a kind of um, collective report on the little bits getting done elsewhere. And there's no shortage of them. I just saw the Brentford Palace highlights, like I said, and both of them look sharp in their own way and also looked a bit lacking in their own way. So we know there's stuff going on still for both of those clubs. Fulham and Spurs also involved. Brighton, um who I also saw uh, yesterday, um, definitely involved in some negotiations as well as Villa and possibly one or two others. Talk us through the sort of wrap-up of the best of the rest. Yeah, very much is deals galore or attempted deals. So Brentford was an interesting one. They went for Nicolas Gonzalez, if you're in Tina, the Argentinian winger got knocked back. But it just shows they were going to break their transfer record again or trying to so they're going to be active you know right until the deadline Fulham is a fascinating one we know Adebayaro came on yesterday and the the Arsenal game was a late sub they want him gone but he's been refusing a lot of the the deals especially all the talk seems to be from both ends is they want him gone because Spurs want to sell them Eric Dyer, that at one point there was even a muted suggestion of a swap between the two. Why don't we want Eric Dyer in the team? Christ knows. But yeah, that's so Adebayaro right until the deadline is one to keep an eye on. A weird one, a proper football manager style move as well, Trev. Crystal Palace, we know about Dean Henderson set to go there. They inquired about Julian Draxler at PSG, almost one of the forgotten man, one of the terribles group as they described them there, but seems to have got knocked back from player especially. Brighton, like you said, they're after Caicedo's replacement. And I think I probably pronounced it wrong from nil, but Belieber, I think it's pronounced. So that deal is expected to get done before the deadline, but we know they're tough hagglers and negotiators. Coming back to another club we mentioned before, Villa as well. They have sold Cameron Archer, one of their seen as one of their young talents, to Sheffield United for 18.5 million. So it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But one of the big things that was a delay in that transfer is there's a buyback in there for Villa, which was hard, you know, tough negotiating from Monchi on that, apparently. So we'll be interested to see how he gets on. And then the the other ones, just to mention is, we got linked, as we said last week, with Bakayoko, the, the winger at PSG, quite an exciting one from the, the Dutch side. Burnley had a bid for him turned down. The company's apparently really keen on him and be interested to see if he, he does go there at all. But, yeah, probably shows that even the likes of Burnley are spending money in comparison to Liverpool in that regard and the same targets. And as with the same article mentioned the links between the two in that regard, they also mentioned that only Brighton have a lower net spend. So always good to end on a cheery note. <laughs> oh, man. If you've lasted this long with us in the show, I'd like to wish you all a happy a happy weekend or what's left of it because you're obviously leaving now but I, 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 I agree with you completely man I mean it's it, 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 these are the things we're doing a transfer show but it's very much obviously for a Liverpool channel with a Liverpool bent how can we not always compa- compare and contrast and um, before we just wrap up and, and do our European section can I just get a take because we're, we're, what, what, we're it's days away now Davis and what we're at the 27th was it five? Have we have we even got five days left? Five, right? Five days, I think, isn't it? Thirty first. Pretty, pretty much 
closes, doesn't it, on the, the Saturday, so to speak. So, yeah, the 2nd of September. So if you've got one of the famous deal sheets in, but five days pretty much for all intents and purposes. Okay, so that's what we're looking at then. Okay, so um, leaving aside the likelihood or lack of, 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 of likelihood and leaving leaving aside your personal feelings on whether you think something's going to happen or not, we, we need to be uh, just objective here for a sec uh, in this just little um, assessment that I'm trying to get you to do. There is time to do something. Now, whether you think that's daft or not, whether you think that's realistic or not, let's just put that to one side for a second as a separate debate. If the window closes with the recruitment as is, I've seen a lot of people being asked to rate the window. Uh, you don't have to give me a number if you don't want to, but just give me your, your take on what that will look like. Um, and what would improve it whether it's realistic or not let's put that to one side there is still a week left and there will be people who'll be screaming that there's still a week left what are you doing why are you getting so depressed about uh up up the reds and off we go so let's embrace that optimism for a second um uh, you know for whatever reason let's just embrace that Currently, as the window stands, what, how do you rate Liverpool's business um, overall? Uh, three players and, and, and the outgoings, which are a very important part of it. And then uh, what would be the minimum to make it improve between now and Saturday morning? I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. If you if you ask me honestly, to, and it probably is best to give it a score because people will see this differently, I would say right now it's a 6 out of 10. That's how I would honestly describe it. And the couple of reasons for that, the context, as we say, is I actually think the outgoings have been really good, Trev, really strong. Even Fabinho and Hendo, like, I thought it was it was good money and it was a good time. So the actual deal for outgoing themselves, especially Fabinho, I thought was good money. I also thought the first two incomings were brilliant. I'm not going to undersell that. I thought McAllister... And to Bosley, especially the excitement we've seen from Young Dom so far, really exciting. So I think those two are brilliant incomings. I don't want to undersell that at all. The problem is, if you go from the gap right at the start of July to Bosley, to all the dramas, the handlings, the just it, it almost seems incompetence at times, I have to say that, by the club. That's where you start knocking points off and coming down, isn't it, really? And Endo, in that regard, I want to be fair to this guy because from what he's expected to do for a fee around or under 20 million quid, I think he's a good squad option. You know, I don't want to just write him off or put any blame on him. I do think he's a good squad option with experience. However, we weren't expecting him to be the only one, were we, after everything that happened? But if there's no further incomings, Trev, in that scenario, as it stands... It's a six out of ten. It really is. And the, there is major problems from what we wanted to see in regards to the sporting director, the setup, the the entrenchment always on, 
you know, sticking to a price and not moving unless the odd time when the manager pushes beyond belief type of thing. It, it just, we seem out of depth or in, inappropriate in so many ways for this window. So long story short, six out of 10. And the other point I just wanted to make is, you know how this works. I mean, I'm going to the game in St. James's Park today. Will it make me scream any louder? Doesn't have one iota of effect. Does it also at the same time, it doesn't have to be, as you said before, I think it's important to say, you're either cheer or you're miserable. You can be excited. You can cheer on the lads when you're there. You can want them to win every single game, 500 nil, like we all do. But you can still be a bit disappointed, or even more, that they've not done the business in the window. So six out of 10 for me. I'm, I'm, I'm landing on the same number and from much the same rationale, um, incomings to potentially world-class, if not already, footballers who I can't wait to see more of. Uh, and a journeyman who hopefully will be needed for no more than that. Although it is looking likely that that's not going to be the case. Uh, but the outgoings, I think, were pretty stellar. I think the way that the, the, we shuffled the pack and got rid of a lot of lads who weren't making appearances or had been constantly frustrating individuals like um, lo- lo- love them or loathe them, uh, Nabi Keita, the likes of, of those guys going out. And you, like you said, dropping the two guys out at the last minute for a decent amount of money felt like an added bonus because it took maybe a selection fear away from a lot of people who were wondering how many minutes Henderson would be getting out of that old Klopp loyalty thing and Fabinho how, even though he did have a little bit of a, a renaissance towards the end of the season had become a bit of a fading um, um, star in a way so that was all good and then I think it's entirely dependent on the these last few days for it to be going up and honestly we did need a 10 out of 10 window that would be my thing to say 9 or a 10 out of 10 in other words we needed to do really good business here and the thing we really needed to do was look after the shop uh, in other words defensive uh, nows needed to come in and it hasn't um, and if we're putting it all on, on, on endo then that's that's a big ask um, we saw everyone's new favourite opposition manager Ange Postacoglu talking very I thought interestingly about how you don't always have to go for the big shiny things that cost 40 or 50 million that there is value to be had um, in the lower kind of um, uh, price ranges and really good players who can be got in those lower price ranges and again that will come back to having excellent scouts and recruitment and all that and I, lo- I love that that's I love, I love hearing someone say that. I think that's fantastic. Um, and I would love if that was our policy, was going around getting the very best guys uh, at early stages of their careers or unrated, oddly unrated uh, characters. But that doesn't seem to be the way we're operating at the moment, or at least not anymore. Um, so it's going to be, there's a lot in these few days, Dave. For sure, there's a lot in these few days. And for sure, there will be a lot going on around Europe. And we have the extra fortnight of Saudi activity. Now, we've just seen the Reds get rattled um, by Saudi money. And it mightn't be the end of it. There may be more to come. Um, certainly, other clubs will be fearing poaching by their stars in that period of time that they have to do their business in. We'll finish talking about Saudi as well as we usually do. But there is, um, you mentioned Tommy Tuchel earlier on, bits and pieces going on there at that club. And what he wants in terms of a defensive midfielder. Um, but there is a guy heading out the door. Uh, and that's an interesting story because he was basically linked with everybody, Liverpool included. Yeah, it's it's one that's been going on all summer, hasn't it? The the Benjamin Pavard story. And everyone's known he's wanted away. It's not, you know, not a secret at all, but. Tuchel was quite honest in his last press conference. He said, yeah, he asked, he's asked to leave. Um, he didn't train with us, you know, the, the other day. He kind of, <laughs> this is what I found funny, Trev. They mentioned a sore back. Do you remember when a young Brazilian was trying to do <laughs> a sore back type of yeah. thing? So there was that that reminiscence, as it, it were, that regard. Inter as well, Marotti, their, their main man there, has also come out and said, yeah, we're trying, we're going to go hard. So the smart money says... This goes one way, doesn't he? And Benjamin Pavard is jumping on a flight to Milan at some point. The interesting thing will be, if people are eagle-eyed as well, that Bayern do play at about, I think it's four, half four today, same time as us roughly. So 
yeah, be interesting to see is he in the squad, even with Graham Birch as well, you know, on the bench. Do they they were the two unused substitutes from the other week, so people will be keeping their eye on that. But there is a real now expectation around Europe that that one is reaching the end game, and also if that if he goes, Tommy Tuchel gets a bit of money. So does he move hard? Can he push that by and board to get the six and from where as well? Hmm. Uh, as we always say, there's content every week from Bayern for one reason or another uh, no doubt that's not the end of it and certainly the couple of shows we have left will probably feature them as well and will definitely feature Saudi Arabia like I said for the aforementioned reason of the fact that they have extra time to do their business um, this is not as splashy a week as they've had in terms of actual deals getting done, but the rumours continue apace. Mo Salah is definitely the biggest one. We've already talked about that. But there are other major uh, stars uh, being linked with, if not actually moving. We saw one big deal getting done um, with a, a Manchester City player. Talk to us about what's going on in the Saudi world of football this week. Yeah, it's... Even as if we thought it would be a quieter week overall, because obviously they're waiting for Europe to finish and they've still got to the 20th of September to unsettle people. But deals still being made, Trev. So like you said, Laporte was confirmed as we expected. It was pretty much known. Rodrigo de Paul, the Atletico Madrid midfielder, they were in for him, but the deal collapsed. So now he's, you know, might well stay with Atletico. It'll be interesting to see. I think it's pronounced Unai, the Moroccan midfielder, who was one of the stars of the, the World Cup last season, went to Marseille. They were in talks with Saudi now, so there's potential that he moves there. Damari Gray, who's had a bit of a nightmare time. Even this morning, stories from Romano and a few others that um, one of the clubs in Saudis is pretty much a, you know agreed terms, as it were, so that is expected to happen because Everton need players and no one wants to play there type of thing at the same time. Probably the biggest one, though, and this did, this made a real splash in world and European football, Trev. A big one. It was important, I think, we end this almost as the main story, in a way. Gabri Vega, a player that we were linked with, Chelsea were linked with, you know, and then after that went quiet, Napoli were in talks with, you know, they were trying to do the deal. He's now, a, he's now in Saudi, isn't he? Al-Hilal, he's there. He's their player type of thing. And all suggestions are after the haggling with Napoli and the contract that having been offered about €3 million Euros a season or so by Napoli, he's now on over £25 million per year on a three-year contract. And I think if you wonder how other footballers or people perceive this, I don't know if you saw it, Trev, but Tony Cruz, the, the German legend, the Real Madrid legend, actually tweeted, or sorry, I think it was on Instagram, didn't he post on the photo, one word, embarrassing. So I get he feels that way as a player, and I wouldn't be surprised if other big names do, but for me, if I was to say a word, reality, isn't it? They're now taking European young talents as well on three-year deals. And listen, I'm not having a go at the, the player by any means. People talk about ambition, this, blah, blah, blah. Three years, he changes his, you know, it changes his generational. I don't want to say life changing because I know, I know there's a bigger. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I, I, I don't blame him. I get it. But in simple terms, Saudi has now taken one of Europe's young talents. Simple as that. This was the thing that I was saying would be a kind of a watershed moment. We've had a few that are border have bordered on it. But this is the kind of thing I was saying um, to you weeks ago. If this happens, so that when they start getting the, the kids, they start getting the up-and-comers, that's when you're going to have to really take this project seriously. And um, Tony Cruz can think it's embarrassing as much as he wants, but you, you hit the nail on the head. It is real. It is happening. And it will continue to happen uh, as long as people are being offered bags of money to go and do what they do for a living. Um that's what will happen and i can only see it strengthening from there and if that you know that that's the kind of moment where a levy might break and you get an increasing acceptance then um amongst players and agents that oh yeah well this is definitely something we should do and i, I won't be um called lacking an ambition i'll go and do my three years and maybe come back and play for a, a big european club or whatever so yeah it's 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 um it's absolute paradigm shifting stuff this and it changes every week and it's getting more and more um 
uh, stark in contrast every week to where a lot of people were initially dismissing it. Now we're looking at something that's it's a behemoth and it's only getting bigger. Um, we should wrap it up. We've gone a bit longer than we usually do, but there was plenty to talk about and lots of opinion that needed to be expressed in this one as well because of, I think, the frustration around what is perceived as a lack of activity um, by Liverpool, probably rightly perceived. Um, but I want to give you a chance, as always, Dave, if you have any last words or any sum up before we do log off. We've said this before, but it really is now the big week, isn't it, Trev? There's a, there's a real hope, and I mean this sincerely. There's a hope that me and you next week are scrambling around, for want of a better phrase, because the Reds have done business, you know, on a Wednesday or a Thursday, that type of thing. And we're thinking, Christ, we can't really wait till next weekend to wrap it up type of thing, because otherwise, if there's not, it's going to be hard to come in with a positive note. So, yeah, let's just hope they catch everyone on the hop and they make us scramble, eh? That's exactly where I am. Hope. And it's not the best of positions to be in, but you got to have it. You abandon it. I don't know. Maybe you think you're a sensible person, but ah, I'm always, as we've said in the show many times, ready for the, the slap in the face. I'd rather remain potentially hopeful and optimistic. So let's hope there is something exciting for us to talk about. That was Dave Davis. I've been Trev Denny. This is the Transfer Podcast on Anfield Index and Anfield Index Pro. And if you're not listening to all the other great shows on this channel, what are you doing? You're missing out. Some incredible people doing incredible things. Um, not just opinion, but expertise. Uh, on a level that you're not going to find any other fan media. So do get your ears around everything to do with Anfield Index. If you're the one of the, the people who listens only to this show because you love a bit of transfer stuff, have a look at the other shows available to you there. Uh, you won't regret it. And we will be back with you, and we hope to be back with you in a joyous context next week. Regardless, back with you, we will be. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.